Welcome to the State of Recruiting, your weekly Orange 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, and we are back for, uh, I would say, a pretty big week in Texas recruiting. Uh, we're going to break all those things down, have a couple of great interviews for you, and uh, answer your questions at the end of the show. But before we get into all that, uh, Nick, how's it going? Pretty good. Had an eventful week. I'm excited to get into it. The stay-at-home order uh, is going to expire tonight at, at midnight for the state of Texas, which is feels kind of weird. But um, I, what, what are your thoughts on it? Are you, uh, you going to head out tomorrow and live life or, or what? You know, I, I'm kind of hesitant, but, you know, I, I may I may try to dive in like very smoothly, you know, maybe make a Walmart trip tomorrow and then maybe two Walmart trips on Saturday. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> That feels like a lot of Walmart for one week. Um, all right. It, as we mentioned, a huge week for Texas uh, on the recruiting trail. Uh, and it started really last Sunday with Landon King, the Atascacita tight end. Um, this was one where, uh, Nick, you, you were kind of all over the story. But um, th- this is a guy that I feel good about because I feel like every time I've been asked who's the next Texas commit, I pointed to Landon King. Um, so he made me look very smart there when I actually kind of originally maybe thought he would he would hold out a little longer. Um, but Texas lands a, a need, I think, a, as a guy who can stretch the field at tight end, 6'5", 210, uh, still growing, still developing. Nick, just kind of give me your thoughts on, on what you've seen from King and his game and maybe you know some of the things he told you when you were able to speak with him. Uh, he's a fantastic tight end. I, I met him for the first time in Houston. It was like that last event before the shutdown. And uh, from what I could tell, he's a solid kid. And from a playing perspective, he can kind of do it all for a Tascacita. He's uh, really lethal in the pass catching game, but he can also, uh, you know, put three fingers down and make some blocks uh, as well for running plays. Uh, I'm excited for King, and I think he's going to be super versatile for uh, Jay Bolware uh, and the rest of the Texas staff once he gets there next year. This one seemed like an easy one from the time Texas offered. He was pretty vocal about Texas being a dream school for him. I had heard that Derek Harris and Jalen Milrow played big roles in, uh, in getting him to kind of come forward and make his commitment after uh, after working on him behind the scenes. Uh, Nick, what, what was you caught up with him for quotes after the commitment. What were some of the things he told you? You know, we always kind of got the hint that he wanted to be a Longhorn, and uh, he, he, he said that he had a sister that attends UT, so uh, this will be really big for his family to be able to come out and uh, see all of his games at UT. And uh, he's also super excited um, to uh, work under the, the current Texas coaching staff um, and be able to uh, use all of his weapons, you know, to, for the Texas uh, benefit. Um, and he's just excited to be a part of the program and a part of the new regime. Um, I think that uh, what's interesting about this commitment is I, I was told there was significant push from Alabama and Georgia down the stretch to kind of get him to hold off and maybe take some visits after the quarantine. And yet Texas was able to lock him down anyway. So that shows that uh, despite his ranking, he is a three-star prospect who I think might go up in the next ranking. But um, despite that ranking, some really quality programs were uh, were pushing him hard at that point. Um Texas, uh, it, this has seemed like a week, Nick, where uh, good news has been balanced by bad news. Everything stays in balance. So uh, the next, literally that same night, uh, Landon Jackson, the, the Pleasant Grove defensive end, commits to LSU. Um, you know, everything is, is looking down there. And we'll, we could talk about that maybe later and, and the guys who have gone off the board. Uh, but then just a few days later, Texas gets a graduate transfer in Tariq Black. 
Uh, Black is a guy I've been talking about for a while that Texas has been looking into. Uh, Michigan wide receiver, came out of high school, very highly rated. And Texas is really looking to plug in some experience there at the X position where they lost Colin Johnson, um, especially after losing him and Devin Duvernay and little Jordan Humphrey over the last two years. You know, they need some experience there, and, and Black was, was there to provide it. Um, I, you know, I was always told this was going to be Texas as, as, as long as they could get everything figured out, and it seems like they did. Uh, and the book on Tariq Black really is that, you know, he he's a, a very good playmaker at Michigan. The problem is, is a he, he just never was able to stay healthy and consistent. And b, um, you know, Michigan had their own share of problems with Shea Patterson and, and their offense this year and um, inability to move the ball and score. So, <clears throat> I think at this point in time, if if Tariq Black is is healthy and on the field for Texas, that's a that's definitely a, a big win and a big get for them. So if he can come in and contribute right away, um, from what I understand, he has two years to play one, as it is right now. Uh, he still has a redshirt year, and he also can uh, apply for a medical redshirt to get an extra like a sixth year, um, which would give him the opportunity to uh, to maybe. Uh, stay around at Texas for two years. So that seems to be the book on him right now, but um, you know we'll kind of see how that pans out. Uh, Nick, anything else you wanted to add on, on Tariq Black or Landon King? Yeah, just for Tariq Black, you know, hoping he can stay healthy. I think he's broke each of his feet <laughs> while being at Michigan, so hoping to stay healthy, and I think he can, uh, he can be a solid weapon for the Longhorns and hopefully the next two years. Yeah, and obviously breaking feet is never optimal. That's something I I, I would totally work, uh, totally worry about because feet, uh, you know, while broken bones are kind of freak things, they're not like lingering things. Feet are lingering things, and if anybody you know who's ever had foot issues, they're always continue to have foot issues. So uh, that would be my only concern with Tariq Black at this point in time is just making sure he's healthy. But Texas does have some experience in that. Uh, Andrew Beck previously had. Uh, some issues with his feet and uh, you know they've got a doctor on staff that does a lot of the foot surgeries that has been uh, widely regarded as one of the best in the business so maybe he can help uh, Tariq figure out everything with his feet. All right let's go on. Uh, this week we've got two great interviews for you. want to get into the first one now. We uh, I was able to sit down earlier this week with 2022 tight end uh, from Dickinson, Donovan Green, the top tight end in the state of Texas. And we had a little chat about his recruitment and, uh, you know, the way he sees things playing out. All right, now joining us on the State of Recruiting podcast, it is uh, one of the top tight ends in the country, four-star tight end uh, in 2022 from Dickinson High School. It is Donovan Green. Donovan, thanks for joining me today. What's up, man? Uh, how's quarantine going for you, man? You staying busy? Uh, anything interesting you're doing? I'm staying busy, but it's really hard. It's been boring for <laughs> the past couple of weeks. Real boring. Yeah. What do you? Uh, anything interesting you're doing? Uh, any any television shows? Any video games? Anything like that? The only thing I really do, I do the same thing every day. I get up, work, um, play my game, work out, and then get back on the game every day. And sometimes, if I um, have some shoes, I'll paint some shoes if I got the time. Are we talking Madden or 2K or something like that? It's really 2K all the time, all day. 2K all the time. You look like a basketball guy, kind of. Do you play basketball as well? Yes, sir. I play, I, um, I play for my team. My teammate state, but it got canceled because of all this corona stuff. 
Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate, man. You guys actually down there at Dickinson, that was a school I was really looking forward to seeing this spring. You guys are so talented. Yes. Uh, a lot of guys down there. You got yourself, uh, PJ Williams, Cannon Boone. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about what kind of your expectations for this coming football season and what you think you guys can do. Um, I'm just looking forward to being able to be a leader to these new kids that that's coming in because a lot of a lot of our, our mainly our whole team last year it was all seniors and I just um know it's gonna be a lot of people coming in especially on defense it's not gonna be that many on offense but it's gonna be a couple but it's gonna be majority on defense and I'm just gonna try to go as hard as I can on practice to make them better every day you and guys think you can make a deep run in playoffs next year I think I think we can if we just do the right thing and play our roles. If um we get rolling and we get like good and we keep doing the right stuff that we're supposed to do, I feel like we could make a deep run. Tell me about recruiting with you right now. Like, what schools are you talking to most? Um, you know, wh- who are you hearing from right now? I'm really hearing from everybody at this point. Um, OU, U of H, A and M, UT, Baylor, not not Baylor. Um. <laughs> Um, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, um, Oklahoma State, um, just a whole bunch of people, Ohio State, Georgia, um, Washington. I've just been all talking to them. With Texas, phone call every day. With Texas, it's, I assume it's Jay Bolware who's, who you've been talking to there? Yes, sir. And then officer coordinator. Oh, Coach, you're I'm actually supposed to call them tomorrow, too. What, what do you like about those guys? Um, I just like, um, okay, I gotta say it. I just like the way they run their program and like, they, um, they, they, I think, I think they're very interested in me. They told me that I was pretty much the only um, person that they were recruiting right now, um, in my class. And so I feel like they're very interested in me and for them to be that, be like that, I feel like they actually care about me. You got to, you got to make a couple of visits to Texas last year. I remember you you got your offer after you killed it at the camp. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What is what stood out to you? You know, just visiting Austin and seeing the campus and all that. What was it about Texas that you liked uh, as, as far as just seeing it there? I was just the big school and all of their fans seemed really into the game. Like um, even though they was down at a certain point of the game, they was like losing. The fans didn't really like go away or start leaving or anything. It was just staying in there, supporting their team. And I feel like the coaches were the same. So I can get back in the game. Which game were you at? Was that the uh, LSU game? Yes, sir. What was the environment like at that one? Just the stadium environment through that whole thing? It was amazing. They was cheering the whole time. Even though it was down, they were still cheering. And um, it was it was not a point where it was, like, boring which it could really be at different games if, like, their team is losing. But it was not boring at any point. So. Um, as, as far as, you know, you – I know this corona thing is it's taken away your ability to make visits and go see these schools. Um, you know, you, you've still got two years of high school ball left. What are you looking at as far as maybe a timeline? or How is this going to, you know, adjust the timeline of when you want to take visits and, and maybe make a commitment? Um, I don't think it's going to be just the time for me to make a commitment because I'm not making a commitment until I'm a senior. But 
um, about the visits, I just feel like I'll still be able to get to where I want to and do what I'm able to do. Um, I don't think it'll make that big of an impact as far as that. Probably the only thing that can make an impact on is me and my, um, like how much improvement I'm getting over the summer. I probably not will get as much because I haven't been in the weight room like that. But I've been I've been lifting like weights, but I haven't been really with the drills and with the trainers and doing all that footwork, getting better with that. Right. Um, I, I want to ask you, since you're a basketball guy, have you been watching any of The Last Dance uh, on ESPN? I've actually watched a little bit, yeah, and it changed my um, viewpoint completely. On Jordan? Yes, sir. Okay, that's what I wanted to get to. So I'm, a, I'm an older guy. I, I grew up with Jordan the way you guys grew up mm-hmm. with LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. what, how much – what does it change your viewpoint? Like, what do, you, uh, what do you feel about it now? I feel like I wasn't looking at him and judging how good he was off of how – I, I was looking at it as just basically skill and stats. And it's, once you look at it, it's way more than just skill and stats and what he's doing on the court. It's just a whole nother thing behind the scenes and how he works and how he puts forth effort to make himself better and the team, people around him better. And it's just, it's just a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. Do you have more appreciation now for him as a player? Very much so, yes. That's good. That's good. That's all I want the younger generation to learn with this Jordan thing mm-hmm. is that uh, he mm-hmm. was pretty great. I mean, he was the LeBron to us at that at that point yeah. in time. You know, he was the biggest thing mm-hmm. on the planet. Um, let's get back to football. When you're making your decision or w- even when you're just taking visits or talking to coaches, what are the big considerations for you? What's going to really go into that decision and what you want in the school? The only thing I really tell the coaches, I, I tell the coaches um, the same thing every time. It's really how I'm going to be using offense and the atmosphere of the school. With everything, it's gonna be the when I make a decision, it's gonna be the best decision for me and nobody else. How do you see yourself being used in the offense, ideally? I feel like I should be um, um, a good, a high consideration of me being thrown a ball to, but um, I can still get out and block any time. I want my team to win at the end of the day, but I feel like I should be up there with the um one of the passing choices, the high passing choices. But um a good mix between passing and blocking, I'm fine with. Is there a pro player out there that maybe you're like, my game's like his, you know, we can point to that. That's a good comparison. I don't really um compare myself to other people, but I just like the way that the Ravens use their tight ends and Mark Andrews. I just watch them a lot. And so I feel like that's probably anything that can probably probably be close to it. So that's probably a real strong, like, uh, pitch that Oklahoma could make to you as a team recruiting mm-hmm. you, considering Lincoln Riley developed Mark Andrews. I mean, is that kind of the way they're showing you you can play in their offense? Yes, sir. They they actually recruited me as an inside receiver. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you've got kind of that versatility. What's your current uh, height weight at right now? I am 6'4", 215. Okay. So, yeah, Last you can... time I checked, I might be more, I don't know. You've been eating a little bit during quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> uh, cool. Well, let me let before we get out of here, man. I want to ask you one more thing. Is there anything uh, we don't know about you? Any hidden talent? Any uh, anything you think people would be surprised to find out about you? Oh, like I said, in my meantime, if I'm not doing anything, I'll start painting shoes, and um, that's how that's how I make my money now. Since I can't get a job, since all of this stuff, and I wasn't even planning on getting a job, so doing this. 
is really the only thing I can. And I got some shoes right now if you yeah. want to see. Yeah, tell me about painting shoes. Are you you talking about you just take like some 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 sneakers and paint designs on? All I have right now is forces, but I do other shoes. But like this shoe right here, it was um let me see if I can take this off so you can see better. Yeah, we so, got the people who can't because this is an audio for them. Yeah, he had the green screen up behind him with a background. So let's see. Now we're gonna get a, a little right, so. These are some plain shoes. Before this, before I painted them, they was all black and like the bottom was still white how it is. But now that I painted them, I did this and they have this little like design on it. Okay. So are and you, then, do, I mean, like, can you paint other stuff or are you primarily just paint shoes or, or how does that whole thing go? Yeah, I'm just really mainly painting shoes. I don't really do anything else. You got any uh, other cool designs to show off or anything like that? <laughs> I got some in my clothes that I did. <laughs> I did for myself. These are all white before I painted them. So I painted these. Oh wow! They got a little like a like a cartoon look almost to them. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Well, all right, man. Well, that's uh, that's a pretty neat talent, and uh, hope you can make some some good money off of that at least in this time where you can't work because uh, of Corona. So, uh, Donovan, we thank you for for joining us, man. We got two years with you, so I'm sure we'll have you back on the show at some point. And uh, you know, you you and your family stay safe, and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see you another time. Thank you. We want to thank Donovan Green for uh, giving us some time this week on the show and uh, talking to us about uh, his neat uh, sneaker collection that he uh, he paints sneakers that's one of his hobbies um all right uh nick the the fun did not stop this week uh a story that i told you about weeks ago and or months ago i guess probably and we've been working behind the scenes and, and diligently finding out came to culmination today uh when when jade baron the cornerback from pflugerville Connolly, uh, made his announcement live on instagram that he would be the newest member of the 2020 texas class this is a guy that like when I first met Nick, the first thing he said to me was, do you know Johnny Barron? He wants to be a Longhorn. And uh, Nick's been calling this one forever. I didn't think it was going to happen after he went ahead and signed with Baylor. But Nick, let's just, uh, for, for your end, let's get into, uh, you know, what happened on, on the recruit side of things. You worked that really well and um, we're able to speak with, with Jade today. Uh, we're hoping to have him on the podcast next week. And then I'll get in on kind of the coach's side and, and explain, you know, where I've heard things with, with college sources. Yeah, let's let's flash back to November to start off. Uh, Matt Roll still being on staff at Baylor, and I, I had met Jade at his last high school game, and I, I kind of mentioned this on the podcast last week. We we had about a twenty twenty five minute discussion after the game, and uh, you know we we're just kind of talking about where his head is at, and it didn't seem that you know Baylor was where he wanted to end up, uh, and I didn't necessarily get the hint that Texas was where he wanted to end up, but I knew Texas he had a big interest in Texas. Um, and just kind of talking to some people around him, I knew that he had grown up, you know, a lifelong fan, uh, and it was his dream school. Um, I, I think there was a little bit of hesitance on his commitment at that point. Uh, and then Matt Rule went in for an in-home visit uh, right before the early signing period and pretty much shut the door on the recruitment. And uh, he went ahead and signed during the early signing period. 
uh, flashback a couple weeks or uh, fast forward a couple weeks later and Matt Rolls headed to Carolina and uh, coach David Aranda's coming in and uh, I, I talked to Jaw Day then I called him we had about another 10 to 15 minute chat and he's like you know I, I'm excited about this new staff uh, I'm excited to get down there and meet them and uh, we'll see and he went down he met them and you know it was great reviews initially and uh, I guess come to now and um, the split was 100% mutual according to uh, some of my Baylor sources um, the, the Baylor didn't see him as a fit. JD Bar- uh, Jade Barone didn't see him as a fit. And uh, so he requested a release from his letter of intent. And uh, Coach Aranda approved that uh, and the rest of the staff. And um, he, the interest from Texas came right back. I think you could probably speak more from the interest from Texas. But the interest in Texas uh, still stayed pretty consistent. Uh, I think they were the only team he was really considering uh, up until this point. And now, finally, on April 30th, it came to fruition. <laughs> yeah, so on the college side, I remember uh, so when when Nick told me, we were kind of watching Barron during the uh, early signing period, and he didn't sign on signing day. So we thought, well, this is something to watch going into the second signing period. And then he ended up signing the next day. So I kind of wrote it off almost right after signing day in February. I started to hear he was looking to maybe get out of his, his, his signature. And really, Nick, I, what would you say, about a month ago, I, I said seriously, like, hey, this is probably happening. And we started digging into it. Um, yeah, I would say Yeah, so. like a month or so ago, like somebody, I got a tip on it. And so we've been kind of sitting on it behind the scenes um, and it's something we didn't it, – it was hard to bring up, right? Because if you start talking about it, um, you're talking in hypotheticals until you're waiting for the kid to get his release. And um, I don't like to talk in hypotheticals if I don't have to. It reminded me of the Brew McCoy thing. Like I've told the story on here before, but what happened with Brew McCoy in Texas was told to us exactly um, at the All-American Bowl by the Gabriel Floyd. Like I remember standing in an awards ceremony – in the lobby talking to the Gabriel Floyd and he said to me Texas is go or he's a brew is going to sign with USC and enroll there if Cliff Kingsbury leaves he's going to immediately go in the transfer portal and come to Texas and we were like telling people hey this is what they're saying and people looked at us like we were crazy and you know and eventually that's what happened unfortunately the Gabriel didn't tell me the back end of the story that he would return to USC but um I that's really where we we're at with Baron was you sound crazy if you start talking about it but um, you know, it was something we wanted to monitor and be on top of. And so once it happened, um, you know, I was able to check in with sources every day to kind of see what the condition of his release was and his academics and everything like that. Texas made it clear quickly that they wanted him um, once they could. And, you know, with his his affinity for the university, it, w- it was just kind of a perfect match. Just uh, like I said, I said early on, uh, probably the day well, he probably announced what, Nick, a week ago that he, he was leaving Baylor. Yes. Yeah. It was seven days ago today. Actually. Yeah. Cause I, rem- I was sitting here doing a podcast when it happened. I was doing an interview with somebody and, um, I said that day, like, Hey, once this release is final, things are going to move very quick. And the release went final yesterday. He, and he, uh, he made his announcement today. So, uh, a big pickup for Texas who, who signed one cornerback in the class. Baron will join Keaton Crawford as the second cornerback in the class. And Nick, you've seen him play. What, what kind of player is he? He's super aggressive, and he, he plays great in zone and man coverage, but he's also super lethal in the return game. He had a couple of punt return touchdowns last year for Connolly and a kick return touchdown, so uh, he, he could be a multifaceted weapon for them. He can play corner, nickel, safety. He can move around and pretty much do whatever the Texas staff wants him to do. Uh, he's super versatile, and uh, 
he's honestly a kid who could play wide receiver too. You're not going to see that at the next level, but uh, he, he did a little bit, a little bit of that for Connolly last year as well. So uh, uh, he can get it done uh, pretty much wherever you want to put him. Yep. And of course, like I said, that, that won't be uh, anything that won't be offset by bad news. Jaden Williams, the South Oak Cliff linebacker set to make his decision tomorrow as we record this today, as you listen. And uh, as it, as it is right now, it does not sound like it's going to be Texas. So, uh, all in all, though, I think a positive week for Texas, considering they got two guys who are going to help them immediately in 2020, and uh, I think a, a good prospect for the 2021 class as well. Yeah, I agree, and hopefully over the next couple of weeks we'll have a lot more good news. I think I think the dominoes are really starting to fall, and like Landon King said. Good news is way more fun than, than bad news. I, I always enjoy good news. So. <laughs> All right, um, now we're going to move on uh, with to an interview with uh, four-star Kittadel Safety, J.D. Coffee. All right, now joining us on the State of Recruiting podcast is four-star Kennedale Safety, J.D. Coffee. Uh, J.D., how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Um, how is, uh, how's quarantine treating you? I see you've been working out. Um, you've been doing anything fun, any, any uh, new games or TV shows or anything like that? With my family. I'm sorry, JD. My my internet's cutting out a little bit. I think. Uh, say that one more time for me. Uh, I've been I just been doing the same thing, basically, just uh, getting some workouts in and uh, just chilling with the family. And, you know, just talking to some coaches. Um, when it you know when it comes to talking to coaches, you know, what schools are you hearing from the most? Uh, what coaches are you making those connections with during this time? Uh, the most the most contact I've had with is probably uh. Texas, LSU, Washington, and Oregon. Yeah, you took visits to Washington and Oregon, like, literally right as this thing kind of – right as the country kind of closed <laughs> down. Um, those were your last visits. First of all, tell me about, you know, your time in the Pacific Northwest, how those visits went. And uh, did you have any worries when you came back? Like, man, I've been on an airplane. You know, I, I, I could have this thing. <laughs> yeah, I really – I mean, I really enjoyed my visits uh, – I felt like it was it was almost like a new life up there. Uh, I've seen a lot of new things that I haven't seen before. Uh, but, yeah, definitely on the way back, I was kind of scared because, you know, literally the day before, I mean, the day of Oregon, the next day everything got shut down. So I was a little scared I wasn't going to make it back. <laughs> yeah, just all that traveling, man. You never know. Airplanes are, you know, a lot of germs and stuff like that. Um, what kind of workout stuff you've been doing? I know you've been running the hill up there at Kennedale when you can. Any any other things you've been doing to kind of get in to get your skills sharp? Oh yeah, I've uh, I've been running the hill doing footwork. I got a I got a sand pit close to my house. We're actually at my high school, so I've been getting some working at the sand pit, and then uh, I got a track here too. So I've been getting some track work, and then of course with, with flight, and uh, I got a little gym too that I I get some work in. Um, as far as, uh, you know, schools, you released the top six a couple weeks ago. Uh, Texas is in there, Oregon, Washington, Michigan, Baylor, and somebody else I'm, I'm missing. Oh, Michigan, yeah. Uh, you know, what, as far as uh, when you start cutting schools, people think start thinking decisions. Have you figured out when you kind of want to make that decision yet, or has it changed because of this uh, virus? Uh, hopefully my plan is to make my decision – here, here, here in the next month or two, maybe. Okay. When you make that decision, what's going to be the most important factor for you? Uh, really, really, uh, I mean, relationship and, and, and how I see myself fitting into the defense and how I really, really how I see myself uh, 
getting better, you know, growing as not not only a football player, but a person, you know, uh, somewhere that I can definitely see myself living for the next four years. Um, have any, I know the Texas commits have been pretty active and talking to you a little bit. Which guys in that committed class, has it been Jalen Milrow or, or, any, or Billy Bowman, any of those guys reached out to you? Uh, yeah, actually, Jalen and Billy, uh, you know, I've known them for, for a minute, but they actually, they, they recently hit me and uh, me and Deuce and Ish up, and, you know, we, we chopped it up a little bit. But uh, me and Landon, the, the recent the recent committee, we, we've been talking for a minute, just, to, you know, just about recruiting and all that. So, uh, yeah, I got to talk, talk to some of them, some of them recruits. Um, you, you know, you mentioned Ish and Deuce, your, your teammates at Texas Flex 7-on-7, seven seven, uh, Ishmael Ibrahim and, and Deuce Harmon, two of the best corners in the state of Texas. Uh, I don't want to ask you to give away or speak for them or anything, but have you guys had any conversations about maybe all playing together at the same school? Oh, yeah, we definitely have. The, uh, me and Deuce, we've been talking about it for a while, and Ish just came in. Uh, we talked to Ish, and, you know, we all got – Got a little bit of similar thought, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm probably I'll probably be the first one to make a decision. So uh, wherever I go, I'll definitely be pushing real real hard to get them to come with me. You're a safety, so you get to stand on the back end and see what those guys do in front of you. Um, you know what makes Ish and, and Deuce special players? Man, I mean I can go on and on. Deuce and Ish, they both got great speed, and you know I, I trust them. I can trust. That's somebody I can really trust on the island. I think they got great great technique, great hips. You know. Everything about them two together, they just they just match perfectly. I feel like us three together, that's just an unstoppable trio. Um, as far as uh, your, your senior season, I know last time I was talking to you, there was some talk maybe you you might play quarterback this year. Is that still uh, still on the table? Uh, it's on the table. But I've, I've had a little thought. Uh, I'm not sure if that will follow through, but we'll see as, as the season go, comes closer. So we might get to see with the ball in your hands uh, other than when you intercept it, which which happens pretty frequently. Um, yeah. As far as, you know, we talked about maybe like Milrow and those guys talking to you. Have there been any other schools where their commits have been in contact with you? Oh, yeah. Uh, Washington, uh, I, I've been in a lot of contact with Zach, Zachariah Spears. I don't know if you're, you're, you're uh, familiar with him, but I've been in contact with him. And uh, Oregon, I've been in contact with uh, some, some of the players, actually a lot of the players. And uh, – yeah, that's that's about it right there. <clears throat> you know, Oregon's been doing some really strong recruiting down in, in Texas. I think that they've, you know, they they've got a really interesting program. It's almost like an SEC program up in the Pac-10 or inside the Pac-12. Um, you know, talk talk about Oregon and and you know, kind of their effort recruiting you and what stands out about them. Oh yeah, well they they've been pushing real hard. I've been talking to Coach Cristobal and Coach Hayward a lot, and Coach Avalos, the um, defensive coordinator. You know, the 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 campus was just beautiful. Uh, of course, the uniforms, and uh, as soon as I as soon as I got there, you know, it just felt very comfortable uh, talking to the players. It just felt like you know somewhere that I could see myself fitting in and getting some Zoom meetings in with Coach Hayward and going over the defense. You know, I feel very comfortable with their defense. So, um, you know, I'll just see what happens after that. Um, as far as your mom, I know you you know you and your mom are close. Have you guys had any talks about like I'm sure she's behind you 100 percent whatever you decide. But have you had any thoughts about going that far away from college, and is that a factor in the decision? Oh uh, yeah, I have had some thoughts, but uh, you know I know I miss my family a lot. But uh, you know my family they're very supportive and, and and very supportive. So I think that uh, if I did end up going that far, you know they would they would make some way to you know either come out and see me or get me home every now and then just to just to get back and you know see the film um 
Chris Ash, Jay Valai, those are the two guys you've been dealing with mostly at Texas. Um, I think I've written a lot of words about both those guys, and our, our you know our, our listeners are interested in hearing more about them because they're new. What can you tell me about them and tell our listeners about those guys that make them good recruiters and, and guys that you're interested in? Uh, well, I've heard a lot uh, talking to some of the Texas players right now. I've heard a lot of good good stuff about both Coach Coach Valai and Coach Ash. Um, and getting on some of the Zoom meetings with Coach As, you know, I just I can tell the, the way that he coaches and he's very serious about what he does, and I like that a lot. I feel like he develops players very, very good. So, um, you know, I'm really, really liking the way that that, that he's coming off. <clears throat> and what about what about Coach Valai? What stands out about him? Oh yeah, he's just he's just a very good dude. We, I haven't had a chance to get on Zoom or nothing with him, but you know, I've, I've had a couple phone calls with him. He's a, he's a good dude. I like I like to chop it up with him. I think the word we hear most when I talk to kids with with Coach Valai is energy. Like he's got yeah. insane energy. Yeah, is, you'd agree with that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, so I think we've kind of covered just about everything. So I'm going to ask you a, a a question that's selfish and purely for me. Um, you know that I hang around Kennedale High School a lot. I got some friends on the coaching staff there. I don't know if there's a place in – I'm always looking for local places to eat. Is there a place in Kennedale that's like, this is the best local place to eat? It's not a chain. It's like a local Kennedale restaurant. I don't, I don't even think so. I couldn't answer that. I don't, I don't really stay in Kennedale, Kennedale. I'm in Arlington, but it's still Kennedale. Uh, yeah, it's that Kennedale. weird part of Arlington where the district expands over to that, that side, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not in Kennedale too much. I'm just when I'm at school, so I couldn't even answer that question for you. Okay, I didn't think there was because there's I, there's literally not a ton to Kennedale, but yeah. I thought maybe you could tell me. So next time I'm over there, I could get something good to eat. All right, well, JD, man, we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us and and talking a little recruiting for a while. Um, and uh, we'll certainly be interested to see where you end up. Thanks for joining me. Sure. All right, and that was a great interview with JD Coffey, one of my favorite kids uh, to talk to, as you can tell there. Oregon and Texas sounding like the school's really sticking out for him. All right, Nick, let's move on to the mailbag. As always, you can get your mailbag questions to us on the Horns 24 7 message board. But starting today, we are going to expand that. So if you leave us a five star review on our iTunes feed with a question, we will absolutely answer that question. Um, that way, even if you're not a member of Horns 24 7, you can interact with us here on the show. All right, let's start uh, with our first question from N.T. Jones, 1484. Uh, said, if you could uh, – oh, should, they wanted to hit me with the, if you could pick the next 10 recruits, knowing how much I hate that. Um, but then hit me with a JK. Any <laughs> new info on the uh, all-purpose back from Ohio State? If so, where do you see him in the system? Um, I would assume that's on Jalen Gill. I actually talked to a source about Jalen Gill who is in the transfer portal this week. I don't believe Texas is interested at this point in time. Um, it has nothing to do with Jalen Gill, the player. Uh, they are very familiar with him. Mike Yersich coached him. Tom Herman recruited him, uh, both at Texas and Ohio State. Derek Chang was, was at Ohio State when they first kind of discovered him. So um, I think that there's – there's obviously the, a lot of appreciation for the player, but I think that's just a strong. They don't really have a need at slot or all-purpose back at this point. Yeah, I don't know much on the. Uh, I don't know much on the situation, uh, but I will say the running back room is super deep right now uh, in Austin, so uh, it would take a perfect fit for him to land. Okay, uh, Elhorn says uh, five recruits most likely to either flip or choose the good guys if Texas pulls off ten wins in the regular season and at least eleven total. Um, I think if you see that type of winning, there's a, you, you have a really good chance at the Brock and Myers. Um, I think you could have a really strong chance at L.J. Johnson. I think um, 
you may be able to to generate something with JoJo Earl and maybe get him listening. I think Landon Jackson could possibly be in there as well. I'm not saying that these kids are, are, are flaky by any means, but I am kind of interested to see how these quarantine commits work out. Yeah, especially with the LSU commitments, I'm wondering how influenced they are by the national championship last year. And if Texas can go into Baton Rouge next year and you know take a W out, uh, I'm curious to see how guys like JoJo and Landon react to that and see how more involved do they get with Texas and the Texas staff. So, uh, I mean, winning will bring along pretty much any recruit you want, but um, uh, especially with those guys, I think that's probably something to keep an eye on. All right, our next question comes to us from uh, Khorn28. Uh, has Texas pulled back on recruiting Missouri and St. Louis? Uh, they had some success there with Daniel Carson and Marcus Washington and nearly landed Ronnie Perkins. Did Mookie Cooper uh, cause them to bail? Uh, they have recruited a couple guys in the St. Louis area this year, but I, I just don't see it as a uh, – I think if they had guys like – if they have targets, they're going to recruit them there. I just think it maybe at this year – I haven't looked into it that deep, but maybe it's it's more of a down year. And, you know, Texas lost some links in that area. They had some, some coaching links that, that guys had good relationships with, and now they've got a new staff, and uh, that staff doesn't necessarily specialize in, in those areas. So you've seen them hit the Northeast harder, and um, I think they're going to go where they have experience. Yeah, you took my answer there with the staff changes. You know, this new staff just kind of specializes in some different different areas um, with uh, Coach Valai and a lot of those guys coming from Rutgers and Chris Ash. You know, there's a lot uh, of emphasis on the Northeast and the Eastern Seaboard now, uh, you know, as opposed to St. Louis. And uh, honestly, I can't really think of, uh, you know, a big-time recruit uh, in uh, the St. Louis area, either in the 21 or 22 class. I might just be blanking on somebody right now, but uh, no one really comes to mind. Uh, I don't think any I don't think any one specific player would ever cause a uh, – uh, an entire coaching staff to bail from a uh, from a specific area. If if there's ballers being uh, coming out of St. Louis, Mookie Cooper isn't going to turn them away from that. Absolutely. Um, who is a be- uh, Hookem Kishan asks? Uh, who's a better pair with Jonathan Brooks, Kamar Wheaton or L.J. Johnson? I, I either of those guys because they can both fly. I would say Brooks is more of an inside runner. So if you're looking for just an inside outside guy, Kamar Wheaton fits that mold. Yeah, I would agree. You could really go with either guy. Jonathan Brooks is a really good um, Robin as opposed to Batman. And I think we, uh, Wheaton or Johnson could easily be a Batman in that kind of system. Uh, Hukum Kishan also asks, has Texas been doing virtual visits? They have been doing uh, virtual in-home visits. We we, we uh, reported that a couple weeks ago. As far as virtual tours of campus, yeah, I, I think they can. I know that there have been some rules as far as Zoom that um, they've been trying to uh, interpret in the right way and, and make sure that they could do it. And the the biggest thing that's been a problem with this is that all the rules are separate by conference instead of one standard. So um, I was told like the Big 12 has like way more defined and stringent rules on what they can do with Zoom. Um, so I think that as of now, yeah, I think they, they figured out that they can do some virtual visits. But um, yeah, they've been maximizing it. I think they've done some really incredible things, including uh, – just before we got on the air, Matthew McConaughey hopping on Zoom with the with the Brockermeyers. Yeah, the Texas staff has been getting pretty creative with the uh, Zoom visits and Zoom um, uh, conversations and FaceTimes and whatnot. But who would have thought 2020 would bring along Zoom recruiting rules? That's that's really weird. <laughs> 
I have a source um, in, a, in an NCAA compliance department that I talk to all the time. And if I have a compliance question, I just text him. And he sent me today a, a, a sheet, basically like a cheat sheet on what could, what, what you can and can't do in this world of Zoom. And it is like it is super detailed. So, in fact, like it's little things as far as, you know, they can only have so many phone calls per week at this point. But like playing video games with them on PlayStation, that counts as a phone call. So they've got to really be, um, you know, really be diligent about the way they spend their time. Um, next question from Neon Moon says, is Texas preparing for the future of college football in terms of player compensation? Will there be a, a department established to help players, future players monetize their likenesses? Uh, Austin is a large market with amazing resources. It would be a shame if Texas did not capitalize and get ahead of this early to lure recruits. I think that – so first of all, it's important to establish that the university cannot help them monetize themselves. They cannot – uh, push for them to get money-making opportunities. They cannot even like when those guys are like say you're say uh, Sam Ellinger is is doing a signing at a car dealership. He can't have pictures or appear in Texas gear or anything like that. Um, so there are some rules still in place there. However, I think the role of the college at this point is to promote the player and increase viewership and increase. Um, you know, eyes on that player. And I think Texas is already doing a strong job of that. And I would assume that they they are kind of already working towards that. You, you saw them do individual logos for each player during signing day. I think, you know, they're, they're going to be prepared when this comes to make sure that the players know that uh, they're getting their uh, the most out of it as far as their promotion. Yeah, absolutely. You hit it for sure. I think the staff is already doing a pretty solid job of, you know, creating a likeness for a player because, I mean, if you look at it today, uh, there are already like the elite college players that have a pretty solid brand and likeness, you know, as soon as they declare for the NFL draft. I mean, we've seen that with guys like Kyler and Baker and Joe Burrow. Um, and Texas has just been kind of, you know, telling recruits that they have the ability to do that and they're able to do that with certain recruits. And, you know, once it's once they're able to get compensation, uh, I think some of these big name schools are really going to benefit um, from, you uh, you know, being on TV every Saturday, national TV every Saturday, and uh, having a large viewership. All right, our next question. I'm not going to answer it. Uh, Nick, you can <laughs> from DBP0058. What college is Nick Harris 15 leaning towards, and what factors are most important in his decision? This is hilarious. When I was prepping for the questions, I didn't even see this one, so y'all, you, you caught me off guard. Um, but uh, DBP, I'm actually just going to go ahead and let the podcast listeners know I'll be going to North Texas uh, next year, and it's uh, mainly just because of their broadcast department, and um, you know that's that's the career I'm really ge- gearing towards. And uh, with a solid minor in journalism, I'm I'm really excited to get up to Denton, and especially stay in the DFW area and be able to do a lot of two four seven work as well. Yeah, you can be camped out right on Billy Bowman and and Jatavian Sanders' doorstep right there, and so, Deuce Harmon right there. <laughs> Deuce Harmon as well, yeah. So you're gonna have a a great time at Old Ch Collins Memorial Stadium. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, our next question for Casey67. How do you see the new compensation rules affecting uh, heads-up battles between Texas and A&M? It's, I, I wrote this week, I think it's going to be the new arms race. It's going to be uh, creative departments. I think both A&M and Texas do a really good job of, of their creative work out of those departments. But um, I think for Texas, you just have to pitch that there are more opportunities in Austin. Um, sure, there's going to be every little car dealership in in, in uh, family store in College Station, but in Austin, you're going to have uh, you know the opportunity to really increase your brand and do it in front of a large uh, you know a large group of tech businesses and 
Um, there's entertainment right in the capital. There's a lot more opportunity there, and I think they just have to effectively pitch that. Yeah, that's an interesting take because there's a lot of opportunities just in the city of Austin. I mean, me, myself, I've lived in the city of Austin for the last two years, and uh, you know, as compared to East Texas where I grew up uh, for the first 10 years of my life, I, which I would kind of assimilate with Bryan College Station area, uh, it's definitely different, and I think there's a lot more opportunities for a player uh, or just a young student coming out of college. So I think these new compensation rules will probably definitely uh, benefit Texas, but you know Texas A&M being SEC program, I'm sure they're going to cook up some ways to where uh, you know they'll be able to benefit the player as well. All right, last question from GW Texas two one four. How is the staff trying to improve our recruiting results in DFW? What are the underlying issues and background with UT's DFW recruiting headwinds? Uh, uh, boy. A question I am passionate about. As a Dallas <laughs> lifelong Dallas guy, I have harped, harped, harped on the need for Texas to do better in DFW. Uh, the biggest problem for Texas in DFW has been uh, the fact that they don't – for years they haven't really had a Dallas guy on staff. Now, Herman's staff was built originally to, to recruit Houston, and I think they did that very well. And there were guys that <clears throat> would go into Dallas, Tim Beck – coached in Dallas at times and um, you know Craig Niver did a lot of recruiting in, in Dallas and did a fine job and uh, Jason Washington as well but um, they didn't have a certified guy that could go into South Dallas understand the dynamics and th- despite the fact that Jay Valai went to Colleyville Heritage which is a long way from South Dallas um, you know Jay understands kind of the, the, the culture in South Dallas and I think that that's already starting to, to turn some dividends. I know that one South, a prominent South Dallas coach uh, last year on a Kid Texas Lost Out on called them and said, you guys have screwed up the way you've recruited our school. Uh, you, we need a guy dedicated to Dallas who understands what he's doing because you guys come in here and don't. And so I think that's been the biggest problem. Um, and I, I, really it's, it's more about um, – you know, just having those relationships. That's why I was such a big advocate for hiring Emmett Jones, um, you know, when the wide receiver slot was open. Now, I think Valai has roots there. Uh, um, why am I blanking on the tight end coach? Uh, coach Bolware. Jay Bolware yeah. is, is an Irving guy, so am I. Um, so, you know, he's, he's familiar with that area. But I, I think uh, really this year, and especially next year, I look for Texas to, to make a much bigger impact there. Yeah, for sure. And you're starting to see that with a lot of uh, even some out-of-state powers like uh, Kansas with Emmett Jones, of course, uh, recruiting Dallas really hard. And uh, I think Virginia Tech here in the next six to eight months will start to delve into Dallas because they're starting to make their their way around the triangle. They're starting to offer a lot of kids in Austin and San Antonio right now. So before long, they're going to they're gonna come into uh, Dallas and try to poach some kids there. And uh, Hawaii's doing a pretty good job with offensive coordinator G.J. Kenny out of East Texas. Uh, he's offering a lot of East Texas and Dallas kids and was able to get Quinn Bright right at the end of the 2020 class, wide receiver from Cedar Hill. Um, but as far as UT's uh, DFW uh, headwinds, um, right now, Jay Valai, I think he's doing a pretty solid job here in his first few months on the job. And, uh, you know, give him a, a year of experience, and I think uh, he'll get Texas to where they need to be, you know, in that South Dallas uh, demographic. And uh, I, I think Dallas as a whole. All right, that's going to do it for our questions. We remind you that you can um, always get those questions in on the Horns 24-7 board, but now – Definitely leave us a five-star review. Leave a question there. We will always, always answer it. It's a way for our listeners to interact with the show without necessarily being a member of Orange 24-7. 
Uh, if you're not a member of Orange 24-7, we would encourage you to join. We have a lot of great stuff going up there. You can find all of our written work, the Stampede, which I do every Monday with the, with the latest intel. Um, that you know, we've got tons of content. It feels like this week I've done like a million stories, um, and they're all fun. You know, when, when things are going well and, and the good news is flowing, I love doing the extra stuff around it and telling stories of how things came to be. So uh, I, I hope we can get every week like this. So please come join us over at Horns Twenty Four Seven. Nick, anything uh, to add before we get out of here? Do you want to slander Michael Jordan anymore? <laughs> I, uh, I have not. I have not watched this week's episodes, but uh, plan to. Well, my first thing is no final question from Charles this week no we did not get a question from charles oh, that's unfortunate but uh as far as uh, the mj lebron debate we had a whole deuce Harmon thread this week that was talking about deuce Harmon for about seven to eight comments and then it started talking about the michael jordan lebron uh debate for about 50 comments and i kind of feel bad for deuce it just the thread completely got hijacked i, I think we really started a movement yeah, so here's what I want to do. I want to finish the last dance. I want the whole thing to be done, and then we'll take your opinions on it so that we're not riling the board up week in and week out. We'll get one one fell swoop at the end of it. What are your thoughts? And I will let you know if you go back. Nick, you weren't on the Donovan Green interview um, with me, so you, you may hear it when you listen back. I asked Donovan Green if he was watching. He said yes. And he said that he has totally rethought his position on Jordan as a young man and realizes now how great Michael Jordan is. So uh, maybe you too can see the light like a 16-year-old. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I, I'm down. I hear in about, five, uh, well, I guess three weeks now. Uh, we'll have an entire segment dedicated to it. I'm, I'm ready to get into it. All right. Sounds great. Uh, we, we, we appreciate all of you guys for listening. We really do. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast. You can find it on any major podcast platform, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Uh, I believe Google Play is now available on iTunes or Apple devices, so um, you can you can definitely get it there. Um, and, and you can play it through Google devices or Alexa, Spotify, however, however you get it. Uh, please just make sure you, you subscribe, rate, and review. And like I said, leave a question with that five-star review, and we'll definitely answer it. Uh, for Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>